My name is Ashley Turner, I am a domestic violence survivor and I went from being the victim and poor me about my domestic violence to being an award-winning professional and saying fuck you to my adversity and instead using it as fire in my belly because I am a big believer that we need to be the change that we want to see in our world and in our lives and the only way we can do that is by taking responsibility for our lives and taking responsibility for adversity to move forward, to heal, to empower ourselves and empower each other. So let's get straight into the podcast where we say fuck you to adversity and we use it as fire in our bellies. Today's episode is a book review. So each month, I share with you a download top tips from a book that I'm currently reading that will help you overcome your adversity as well and be the best version of yourself to reach your full potential because I'm a big believer that readers are leaders and I need to share this content with you as well so then you can improve in your life and be empowered. So let's get straight in today's session. Hello and welcome back to Empower With Ash. So this week's episode is a book review and I am recording it for the first time in my new house because I know many of you have been following me on social media. I have been moving house. I'm all settled in and I'm absolutely loving it and I'm absolutely loving my new little setup of where I am recording. Like just love it. The vibes, the feelings, you'll hear it in my energy and everything like that. I am just loving life at the moment. But you don't want to hear about my moving experience. You want to hear about the book that I am reviewing this week. So this week's book is called The Ultimate Introduction to NLP, How to Build a Successful Life by Richard Bansler. Wow. So NLP, for those that don't know what that is, that is Neuro Linguistic Programming. And basically, in layman terms, it's helping you change your habits. It's rewiring your brain so you can overcome things that are holding you back, like you know, phobias, depression, habits, and just ultimately trying to change your life and understand your brain, how it's wired, and how to break out of those sort of bad habits as well. And it helps you really with mindfulness and just who you are as a person um, and addressing all those things that we tend to hide under the rocks, I would say. So in layman terms, it's really about helping you understand how your brain is, how you think, how you feel, how you behave, and then ultimately how to change your behaviors and habits if you don't like what you're currently doing. That is probably the most simplified way of me describing it because if I go into the whole technical route, we'll be here for bloody hours and I'll bore you to death. But I loved this book. So I already knew about NLP um, years ago because I actually learned about it in Tony Robbins' book. And I think it's called The Awaken the Giant Within. I might be wrong, but I think it was that book where he really taught me about identifying your bad habits and then ultimately how to change it. And I believe he has like a five-step process and how to change your behaviors and habits to live that life of purpose and achieve your goals. So I've already known this um, about NLP for years and I have heaps of friends that are coaches and do all these sort of courses. And ultimately, 
I got this because it was a simple book. Like it was simplified. It was really broken down. So it wasn't too technical because I thought that'd be great for you guys to really just understand the basics before we get into anything a little bit more in depth, if that makes sense. But I learned a lot from this as well because I love hearing people's different sort of ways and methods and their stories and experiences with this because there's so many professionals out there on this um, and I'm not a professional. I'm just someone that just loves it and loves learning um, new things as well. And this book, I really learned a lot about um, you know communication and really trying to live a happy life and how you feel good about it to make better decisions. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but ultimately, what he describes, and I'm just going to set the scene for you, is that how he describes our brain's function is like a map. So there's three things we do. We delete information, we generalize, and then we distort information, which I thought was quite fascinating because it is quite true. And the examples that he uses is with a map. So he says, you see the map and sometimes you delete the information, as in you don't see the cars, you don't see the big buildings and the trees and everything on there because it's you're just not mindful of it. But a real life example is you might be walking into the shops and you notice a new shop, but it's literally been there for years, but you've just never realized it was there because you just deleted it or you ignored it. It was just something that did not interest you. The second thing he told um, us is he, we generalize information and we all know about the assumptions. You make an ass out of you and me. That's what assume means. So he says in the map, when you're looking at a map, he said, we all assume straight away that the blue circle like shapes are lakes and then the brown or the black lines are roads. Like we automatically make that assumption. And then he says, a real life example would be if you were cheated on by your partner, then all of a sudden you generalize and go, all men are pigs. Like that's just a perfect example of what we do to generalize information. The last bit was distort information. And he says, when you look at a map, it's a map is a representation of you know the world or the location that you are looking for or going to. But really, the map is smaller than the real thing, and it's flat. When the real world is a lot bigger, and you know it's you know there's big buildings and everything's not flat. So he said we distort that information. And he says a great example is that we generally blow things out of proportion or we attach meaning to something or someone based on an assumption. So, for example, he says you might be in the office and you're in the middle of a meeting and one of your colleagues walks into the room and she greets some people but she doesn't greet you and then she sits down and she gets straight back into it. You may assume that she's angry and she doesn't like you and that she's being rude. But really what she's doing is trying to get into the room without distracting everyone and making a scene. But sometimes we read into things or we blow things out of proportion and we distort that information. And I'm sure many of us have done that before. So what he says is our brains are like maps and we need to keep them up to date and we need to stop relying on outdated information that may or may not be true. Just like Google Maps and stuff, when you have 
a new suburb that's not in the map, you have no idea how to find that new house because it's not on Google Maps yet. So that's just like our brain. So we need to keep updating our maps with relevant information to ensure that we are capturing everything. And then also deleting things that may not be required anymore or it, you know, it's just not relevant because we've distorted it or we've made a generalization and then we don't know what the actual truth is or we've actually deleted the information. So the perfect example I'll use is my domestic violence experience. I have memory loss. So for me, the first one comes to mind. I have literally deleted information from my brain, deleted it. I don't know how I did that or when I did that, but I have. I've deleted that information from my brain. It's like I've cleaned it up and now all I really focus on is the stuff for my future, the new opportunities, the things I'm excited about because my brain, I did a clean up, a little bit of a spring clean like your wardrobe, go and then you, you know declutter and get rid of the crap that you don't want. Just like what I did with that, I've deleted it. Obviously, there was trauma and stuff linked to it, but it's gone. I've cleaned it up, and now I'm replacing it with useful information, like my future goals and passions and everything that I want to succeed in life because obviously that information wasn't relevant and adding value to my brain. So I thought that was a great way of explaining our brains and how it works and how we you know, interpret information. Sometimes we delete it, we generalize it, and then we distort it. But really what he talks about with all of this is habits. Habits are key with this. So what he talks about with the bad habits is he makes it very clear. You weren't born with bad habits. You weren't born with your skills. You weren't born with your beliefs. You learned all of this. Just like you learned how to walk, or how to shake hands automatically when you meet someone for the first time. You learned this. You did not, you weren't born with this. It's something that we've learned. And he said, just like fears, fears are even learned, which is something I didn't know about. I learned this. He said, the only two natural fears that a human has is fear of loud noises and fear of falling. All the rest are something that we have learned throughout our lives, which blew my mind because I honestly didn't know that. So what he says is NLP allows you to really understand who you are. And a great example he uses is right now, you might be a shy person and you display all the behaviors and you think and you feel like you are shy and all of this, but really you're choosing to be shy. He said, you do not have to be a shy person for the rest of your life. If you don't like that you're a shy person, you have a choice to change it. And NLP can help you change your behaviors to then not be a shy person. So you can either choose that you take control of your life and you do what you want to do and you be who you want to be. Or you just sit back and you wait for life to happen to you. It's like that powerful quote, I've said it many times and even in my domestic violence video, is life happens for you, not to you. But you've got to change your mindset and change your ways to then believe that and live that life of purpose as well. So 
NLP, just to simplify it, will really help you change how you think and feel and behave. And you get to take what you were doing both inside your head and in the real world and reprogram yourself so that you can make powerful changes in your mind and ultimately be who you want to be. Because I know some of us are being who we think society wants us to be or our family, our partners, whoever it is that might have that influence on you or you may be generalizing or assuming that's how they want you to be as well. When you can really go, no, this is who I have been acting as, but I authentically want to be this type of person and this is how I'm going to change it. So there was so much information in this book and I've only narrowed it down to two key topics. One is how to feel good and then the second one is how to be a master communicator because I think these two things are crucial um, and are quite good to understand but the basics of NLP and the things that can help you today that you can start applying to be a you know your, be a better person be your best version of yourself when you're showing up okay so let's get into the first one which is how to feel good and the key what reason why I chose this one in particular this sort of hot topic is because if you Get someone to think about their problems while they're feeling good. It would help them make powerful changes. And we've all been there. When we are in a shitty state of mind or a shitty mood, we generally make shitty decisions because we're not feeling good. We're not feeling empowered. And when you do feel empowered and you feel like in the zone, that feeling when you're just like, I'm killing it, you make powerful decisions and you are empowered to do so. So that's why I think we ignore this feeling part. And I know people don't like to talk about their feelings and stuff like that or acknowledge them. But ultimately, this has changed my life by understanding what makes me feel good and what doesn't. And then how to make myself feel good if I'm not in that state of mind or I'm not feeling good about myself. Um, so the key things, there's three things that I got from this one on how to feel good. So the first one is anchoring feelings. And what I mean by that is when you're in a bad headspace, you tend to see and feel and visualize and hear whatever it is, bad things. And every situation you're in, you'll see it as a bad thing or you'll see it as a negative or I heard this, he said it like this, but really it was not like that. You just tend to see everything with a negative light. So when you're in that state, you need to anchor yourself to an empowered moment. Thinking of a moment where you feel so powerful and you felt so good and channeling that. And I've said this in one of my podcasts, but I actually don't think I edited it to be in there. And I think this was one of my conversations, um, one of my empowered conversations. And I can't remember who it was with, but basically she asked me the question and she said, how do you feel so confident and empowered? And I really thought about it. And I said, I anchor who I am in 10 years. And she's like, what does that mean? And I said, I channel 
who I see myself being in 10 years' time and I channel that confidence and I channel how empowered I am and how successful and rich and wealthy I feel with myself, not necessarily material objects, but just how I feel and what I see as success and wealth. I honestly channel that when I'm in a shitty mood to remind myself that I will get there. And every year I, you know, I grow older is, you know, I add a plus 10 years because that's what I'm working towards. That person I'm trying to be in 10 years time, I've got to start today. So honestly, that's what I do. I might not necessarily channel things in the past because I personally don't believe in looking back in the past. The only time I look back is to see how far I've come. But I'm never someone to go, oh, my God, back in the day, you know, life is so good, like rah, 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 because you can't go back in time. All I see is the future. I Yesterday's yesterday. Tomorrow is the future. And that's honestly how I see things. And I've trained my brain to see things like that because I wasn't always that way as well. But understanding NLP and changing my behaviors and patterns to understand why I always kept going to the past and not the future, you know, that's one of the practices I've done. I've really changed that. So anchoring feelings. Think of something good. It might be in the past for you. It might be present or it might be in the future. It's up to you, but choose that powerful, empowered moment where you feel so good and feel so confident. Channel that and remember that. Number two is motion creates emotion. So I learned that quote from actually Tony Robbins' book and I've just applied it to this one because what you know, Richard does, he describes it in a different way, but I thought that's a really, really good quote. You just pop a slide into here. Your emotions come from your motion. So how you sit, how you carry yourself, that is driven by how you're going to feel. So if you're sitting there slumped into a bloody ice cream bucket on the bloody couch feeling sorry for yourself, you're obviously going to feel down about yourself and feel negative. But if you jump up and smile and start doing star jumps or something like that, you're not going to feel negative and depressed while you're jumping around acting like a bloody idiot. You're going to feel good and it's going to make you smile and it's you know that smile is contagious basically for that it's like a little prompt for your brain to go, oh my god i'm smiling look at all these chemicals going through my body kind of thing because that's what one of his um descriptions are or one of his sort of pat, um, paragraphs is when you smile your brain releases happy chemicals into your body and when you frown it releases a different state of chemicals that produce the worry and stress so if you jump up and smile and you know, do bloody star jumps, that's really going to snap yourself out of it and make yourself feel better about yourself than it would be sitting on a couch eating ice cream in the dark and feeling sorry for yourself. Like you need to be mindful of what your body is doing to make you feel that way. The third point from all of that was you are what you attract. And a really good example is if you're in a grumpy mood and then you go to the shops, all you're going to see is grumpy people and then you're going to attract more grumpy people into your life and more situations or events throughout the day that are going to cause you to be even more grumpy because you're just in one of those shitty moods. I know, I can put my hands up for that, but you can't see it. 
I've had many, 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 many of those days where I'm just in a shitty mood and the whole day has just become shitty because I have chosen to be shitty. No one else, nothing else. It was me choosing to be shitty. And I hate that. I hate that feeling. So now I'm someone that goes, okay, I'm going to let myself have a minute or five minutes to have my little meltdown, have my little tantrum, whatever it is, and then I'm going to get the fuck over it and I'm going to move forward because the biggest waste of time is sitting there stewing on shit when you can ultimately change it by changing your behaviors and your mindset. That's just something that I've had to learn throughout the years. Go, okay, you can have your meltdown, but you also need to take responsibility for your mood and your reaction to those situations and choose to move forward. Stop dwelling in it, move forward. So that is something that I've learned. So be mindful of your moods. And when you go to the shops, like as simple as food shopping, if you're in a good mood, you will notice all the good things and all the happy people and the couples and old people holding hands. Like you'll notice all that. And then if you go food shopping, and then you'll see all the shitty, miserable people, and then you'll attract that into your life. So you need to really be aware of the energy you're putting out because you're ultimately going to attract that throughout the day as well because energy is contagious. Your moods, your state of mind are contagious. So just to wrap that up, how to feel good, three tips. Anchor your feelings of empowerment, what's going to make you feel really good about yourself, and you know, channel that and anchor that when you're in a shitty mood. Two, motion creates emotion. So be mindful of your body language and what role that is playing in your mood. And then also number three is you are what you attract. So be mindful of the energy you're putting out there and then ultimately everything else that you're going to be attracting by being in a shitty mood. The second key tip for this book is how to become a master communicator. So there's three tips I have got from this. The first one we'll go into is focus on how people say things, not what they've said, because how we speak is how we understand. Boom, that's a mic drop. If I had a mic, I would drop it right now. Holy crap, I think so many people miss this. Stop focusing on what they said. Focus on how they said it because how they say things is how they will understand. And I think this is so relevant because so many people in your personal life or your workplace, the reason why people clash is because you're not speaking the same language. And for me, I'm a very direct person. You just tell me how it is. But I'm really based on, I'm a visual person. I need to see things. So if you hear me speak, I'll say, I see this, I see that. And that's you know, me being very visual. I love to see what I have created or what's going to be created. So then I can be you know, aligned. And then you'll have some people that, you know, are like, I hear things or I feel you know, we all use different ways of understanding and learning. And so I thought that was like a mind-blowing moment for me in this book is you will hear people say, and I know in the workplace people go, oh, I feel. So if they say, I feel, that means they're in touch with their emotions. They need to make sure their emotions and feelings are being heard. And that's just like a 101 for change management because I do that at work. 
is people's feelings want to be acknowledged. And then you'll have people that say, I see. So they want to be able to see visual things. For me, if people do not come to me in the workplace with like a presentation, like their project plan, so I can see what they're trying to visualize and what they want to do, I will shut down. If they just come to me and they want to have a little conversation and go, oh, this is, you know, this is how it is, rah, 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 I'd be like, mate, where the fuck is your PowerPoint or where's your project brief or, you know, where's your project plan? Like I need to be able to see that you know what you're talking about. When some people, they just want to, you know, have a little conversation and they think that's okay. And I think you struggle if you, you struggle with different people if they're not like that. So yeah, you need to be mindful that other people have different ways of learning and understanding. People want to see things. People want to hear things. People need to have their feelings addressed. There are different ways of learning and understanding. So be mindful of that. Number two is you need to make people feel good about themselves. You want people to like themselves because they will remember that you made them feel that way. Boom. I I'm not even surprised that not many people know of this. I've seen this so many times in you know, professional sort of workplaces and even at social gatherings where people just talk about themselves. That's all they do. They sit there and they talk about themselves, trying to get the other person to like them and try to sell themselves when they're doing the wrong thing. I don't care two fucks about myself. If I'm trying to do a major work project, I don't care two fucks about myself because that person ultimately does not give two fucks about me. What I care about is them liking themselves because they'll remember, oh yeah, actually made me feel really good about myself. And people want that. People want to feel good about themselves. So that is my main goal. I want people to tell me about themselves and I want to make other people feel good and make them look like rock stars in the workplace. I don't care about me because I'm ultimately trying to influence something else within the workplace. And people forget this all the time. If you want someone to like you, don't talk about yourself. Get them to talk about them and then find out what their interests are or their hobbies and then play on that. If someone says they did golf on the weekend, Oh, do you do that all the time? Do you know, do you, are you really good at golf? You know, blah, 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 blah. Talk about fucking golf. If that's what they like and they want to make themselves look and feel superior and they're really good and they're significant, do that. Play on that. That's a big lesson learning if you're not already doing that in the workplace or even in your relationship as well. How good would that marriage be if you as the wife, for example, because I know there's wives and you can have husbands and husbands, but this example, the traditional sense, if the wife focused on the husband feeling good about himself and the husband focused his energy on the wife feeling good about her, they're both meeting each other's needs and then they feel that their partner is giving that to them. But ultimately, it's just them feeling good about themselves based on whatever it is that they're talking about. Like, wow, there you go, 101 marriage right there. And the last master communicator tip I have for you is matching. So what does this mean? Match the person's body language. 
match their breathing, match their tone of voice, match their tempo, their language that they're using. People like to find links between each other. So that is what people look for. If you feel and you look as if you're similar to me, I'm going to like you because I like me. That's how people and that's how humans are. We look for people that are similar to us. So if you're talking with someone that is quite slow-paced and very chill and likes to go with the flow, me on the other hand, as you know, I'm really fast, go, 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 go. But if I'm dealing with a person like that, I'm not going to be talking like this to them. They're going to have a meltdown and they're going to hate me. So I literally go, chill, chill, Ashley. Let's talk at their pace and go with it. And then that person will start to like you and then you mold into their sort of body language. You don't do it automatically to be a creep as well. That's just if they're sitting with the legs crossed and the arms folded, you don't walk in there and copy them straight away. It's like micro steps and micro expressions to make them feel like you two are in sync and you two are connected. And then they'll go, oh, my God, I like this person. They made me feel good. And they like you, they like you because you're basically mirroring them. You're matching them because people ultimately like themselves. I know. It basically makes us sound like we're all selfish, but that's how we're wired. That's how we are wired is to be selfish because some of us are not mindful of this. We're not mindful of our behaviors and how we think and that we ultimately think of ourselves first. We are not, well, that's how we're naturally wired to, you know, look after me, myself, and I. That's it. So, to understand NLP and understand other people's behaviors and for you to be able to connect with them and talk to them more, holy crap, your professional life is just going to skyrocket because that's what, you know, workplace is all about is rapport and connecting with people ultimately and then your relationships with yourself and your partner and your children are going to blossom as well. So, I'm going to stop rambling here because I think I've rambled on a little bit. As you can see, I could talk about this topic all day because I learned so much from this stuff and how people, you know, express it as well to me. So his interpretation, Richard's interpretation of NLP and his key tips to become a master communicator and how to feel good. So let me know if you have read this book already. If you're not already subscribed please do so. I'm giving away this book and it is a good one. I absolutely love this. I learned so much from it and I know that you will as well. So subscribe www.empowerwithash.com. Head there now, subscribe and you'll be in the running to win this NLP book. Loved it. So that is it. That is my wrap up. Remember to stay empowered because empowered people need to be the change that they want to see in the world and in their lives. And ultimately to do that, you need to be empowered and stay empowered. So that is a wrap up, my little empowered warriors. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast episode. Remember, you need to take action. So number one, make sure that you've subscribed to this podcast if you haven't already. Ensure that you're following me on social media for extra zhuzh in your life so that I can help you empower yourselves but also be sure to share this content as well I'm a big believer that if we share this we're also teaching other people around us to be empowered so if you loved it give it a thumbs up subscribe share the content 
And if you want more information on coaching sessions, ebooks, anything to do with empowering yourself, be sure to head to my website, www.empower-.com. That is it from me, but I will check in with you guys next week. Remember, stay empowered because empowered people empower others and we need to be the change that we want to see in this world.